church family. Praise the Lord, church family. It is good to see everybody in the house of God this morning. One quick announcement. Uh, there will be no Sunday school meeting this morning. Uh, or Yes, this morning after service. It has been moved to November 6th. It has been moved to November 6th after service. So if you're interested in being a Sunday school teacher, or if you are already a Sunday school teacher, uh, please be aware that is when the meeting has been moved to. Uh, I will go ahead and get into a prayer over our service. Hallelujah, God. We thank you, this, we thank you Lord God, for this morning. We thank you for always showing up on time. Thank you, Jesus, for always keeping us and covering us, Lord God. We pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this service, that you would have your way in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God. We pray that if there's anything in us that would hinder us from just giving you all worship and all praise, we pray that you will remove it in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would touch every heart, touch every mind, Lord God, that walks into this building this morning. We pray, Jesus, that your word would, would go forth, Lord God, and that we would receive it. We pray, Jesus, that you would continue to move in this place, that you would stir up your Holy Spirit this morning. That it wouldn't just be another Sunday, Lord God, but that there would be a supernatural change, a shift in the atmosphere. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord God, that, that prodigals would return home this morning. We pray, Lord Jesus, that, that children would be healed, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord God, that broken bodies would be healed. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Jesus, that you would continue to move in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God. That you would touch the man of God as he preaches, that you would use him for your glory. Let him hear your voice, Lord God, leading him, Lord Jesus, as he preaches. We pray, Lord God, that every heart would be good ground to receive your word. In Jesus' name, and we give you glory and we give you honor, Lord God. Before we even sing a song, Lord God, we lift up your name and we give you glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for just being who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for always showing up every time. Thank you, Jesus, for making a way where there was no way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Lord, for the word, Lord God, in the middle of the night, Jesus, that is always with us, that is always there to guide us and to lead us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just lift them up right now? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Jesus, as we transition into prayer, if you can remember Sister Jennifer Alvaredo, she's in the hospital right now. I believe she was having some shortness of breath this morning. Uh, if you could also remember Sister Joanne Reynolds, uh, as well as every other need that you are aware of, whether it be somebody sick in body, whether it be a prodigal, whether it's somebody that just needs provision, remember them as we go into prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing, Lord God, every prayer, for seeing every need, Lord Jesus, before we could even ask for it, Lord God. We pray, Jesus, that you would have your way in every need, Lord God, that you would work out, Lord Jesus, provision where it is needed in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would touch, Lord God, Sister Joanne, that you would work a healing in her body, that you would Work a speedy recovery, Lord God, in her leg, in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray that you would touch Sister Jennifer, that you will work a healing in her body, Lord God. Whatever is causing the shortness of breath, we pray that you will remove it in the name of Jesus. We pray that you will work a complete and total healing in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray for Symphony, Lord God, that you will work a healing in her body in the name of Jesus. That you would touch her, Lord God, that she would be able to walk in the name of Jesus. That she would be able to talk in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would touch the Nizamo family, Lord God, that you will work a healing in their daughter, Lord, that you will work a healing, that you will remove that cancer in the name of Jesus, that you will remove that tumor in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you will move in every other need, Lord God, known and unknown. Jesus, I might not know them, but you know them, Lord God, and I pray that you would have your way, Lord Jesus. If you need somebody to pray for, Lord God, I will pray that you would have your way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, we pray that you would have your way in the rest of the service, Lord God. That you would have your way in every heart and in every mind. Lord God, that we will be transformed before we leave here this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would touch the man of God as he preaches, Lord God. That you would use him for your glory, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would continue to have your way throughout the rest of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. And we give you glory and we give you honor. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. We give you glory, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. We could never praise you enough, Lord, but you are worthy of everything that we can give. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let a praise arise in this church. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the word at the beginning. One with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory and creation. Cuán hermoso es su nombre, cuán hermoso es su nombre, el 
Praise the Lord, everyone. Certainly good to be in the house of the Lord today. We have another baby dedication, and then I'm going to ask our worship team to come back and sing one more song, I know. Um, but I really want to keep the presence of the Lord in this place, and I feel the presence of the Lord in this place, but I'm going to ask if uh, brother and sister uh, Flores and Lazama would come to the front, and I'm going to ask Sister Chloe to come with me. Um, and you may be seated in the sanctuary, certainly a honor, I really enjoy, which one of these can be, I enjoy, just face this way, come on, let's stand there, y'all face there, that's my note. This is a very special ceremony for me because the parents are not only making a dedication and committing themselves to the Lord, but they're making a, a dedication to you all that they're going to raise their children in the house of the Lord. So, Jose, and Janeth, today you will be dedicating your children to the Lord. The Bible says in Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Psalms 127, 3 through 5. Everything I'll tell you from here on will be on there. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand, 
como pa, ¿cómo se dice? Pa, pa, como las cosas de los indios. ¿Cómo? Flecha. Okay. In the hands of a man. So are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed. So if I was to paraphrase this to both of you, having two beautiful daughters and a handsome son, it's a blessing. The purpose of dedication is the practice of bringing the children, the child or the children, into the presence of the Lord. During this service, we will pray over your children. As parents, we'll be asking you to make a commitment and we'll be praying a blessing over you all as well. So what does it mean to present a child to the Lord in a dedication? It is more than a ritual, more than a rite. It's even more significant than physical dedicatory or dedication. Like all other events in the life of a believer, The true significance of this is spiritual. La realidad, um, es a beautiful marriage ceremony una de una boda may satisfy the emotional and social needs of the family una, una while fulfilling the required obligations of the state law. La del More importantly, it joins a man and a woman in union and in the eyes of God they become one in all aspects of their being likewise repentance is not just kneeling at an altar with tears of sorrow it is more significantly a turning away from sin and turning our lives towards God with repentance comes a commitment to live for him him being Jesus Christ to present your children in dedication is to offer Aliyah Flores Lazama Edwin Flores Lazama and Leslie Flores Lazama to the Lord in consideration. An observation and protection. It is a commitment of the children's life. The purpose and plan of the Lord and 
a pledge on behalf of the parents. To raise Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That is to raise them in the house of the Lord. If you, re, if you know the Bible story of Hannah, her experience is a good example to consider when dedicating our children to the Lord. When God gave her a son, in an answer to her many prayers, she greatly responded and gave him back to the Lord. She placed him in the temple under the leadership of the high priest to live, to learn, to grow, and to be used of God's purpose. The Bible describes the results of our unselfish commitment. It allowed Samuel to become a allowed Samuel to become an A or become a prophet. A leader. A preacher to his generation. Dedicating, dedication is a yielding, a giving of the life and future of your children to God. And may you bring Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie into the house of God. Every chance you get so that they may learn to be faithful, to worship our Creator, Christ Jesus. Without reservation or shame, so that they would repent of their sins in an effort to overcome the sinful nature of our flesh to enjoy the fellowship with the saints to be fed regularly from the word of God in order to grow in faith and to love God with all their hearts as I ask you these questions I will ask you to commit to them with saying we do. Do you now present Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie before God? As a solemn dedication. We do. Amen. Do you consecrate or dedicate yourselves as parents? 
to bring up Aaliyah, Edwin and Leslie, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Amen. Do you promise to instruct Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie in the teachings of Jesus Christ? And in the practice of prayer? And to guide Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie in the development of a Christ-like character. Amen. Do you promise to try to do the best of your of your best of your ability to shape your home life of Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie both by family devotion Amen. That your children will at a proper age most naturally come to an open confession of serving the Lord Jesus Christ and come into fellowship and service of the church. Amen. I charge you as the parents today. I will read this verbatim. I charge you as parents today. Jose and Veronica Flores Lozama. Will you pledge to live as a role model? That, that your children might see Christ in you. Make your home a little sanctuary. To see that Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie are taken to church and taught godly principles. To pray for their salvation. When Aaliyah, Edwin, and Leslie reaches that age of understanding, that you might be the one to encourage them to help them to navigate to God's altar and to instill in Aaliyah Edwin and Leslie, a good character of integrity. If you're willing to accept this charge, I ask you to please say, I will. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask our ministers, Sister Tiana, Sister Tammy, Brother Reverend McNeil. Brother Johnson, Reverend Johnson, Bishop, to please, please come as we pray for these children and this, this family. We're believing that God's going to heal this baby girl right here. 
this there's a tumor on her back and we're trusting God for a divine miracle in her behalf that it's going to be dissolved in Jesus name father we anoint this family we anoint this family right now God that you touch this family that you anoint them with your glory your power Lord that you would minister to their hearts and their souls I pray blessings over their health I pray blessings over their finances as they raise these children God I pray blessings over these children Lord God and protection over these children God I pray for divine healing in Jesus name God that you touch this baby's body let this tumor be dissolved let it be gone and removed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be thou healed in Jesus name we pray blessings on them Lord God that they will be God faithful to the house of God that they will walk in your ways and they'll become strong in ministry in Jesus name we pray honor them Lord God we pray for favor over them in Jesus name we pray in the name of Jesus hallelujah 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 God touch their lives touch their hearts Lord God touch their lives touch their hearts oh God in Jesus name in Jesus name touch this baby touch these young children in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah 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 God I pray let her legs be touched oh God be thou healed in Jesus name from the top of her head to the soles of her feet in Jesus name in Jesus name Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them know we'll have their uh, certificates at the church. And we're going to have a song before I come up. I'm sorry. Let's lift up the Lord before we go into the song. If we could just get back into a place of worship and praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you glory. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for being exactly who you are, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift up your name this morning, Lord God. We came here, Lord Jesus, to entertain your presence, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. We can do it. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus, because you are worthy, Lord God. You are holy, Lord Jesus. Seated in majesty, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, 
I worship you. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You're working, and even when I don't feel it, you're working. 
never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. the way maker. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. You kept every promise that you've given us, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we know that if we don't see it, that it's not over. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to call our pastor to the platform. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We'll dismiss Sunday school right now. I want to thank our praise team and worship team for the efforts that they they bring forth by the presence of the Lord in this place. Amen. I want to thank Brother Britt, Brother Josh, Brother Bobel, Brother Thompson, and Brother McCauley for coming out here yesterday and taking care of the grounds. I appreciate everything that you men do. Amen. I deeply appreciate these men of Grace Gospel that care about what their church looks like. 
here. You're going to be getting some uh, information here soon. I'm getting ready to, I, I spoke with my Sunday school director and my spirit in the Holy Ghost. This is where the Lord's dealing with me. And so we are making some changes. I'm just not yet the, I don't know what day we'll make the time change for Grace Gospel, but going back to having adult Sunday school. I feel like the Lord is, whatever these last days are that we have, to be really grounded. I've got all week long to give to my life, to give to the things that I want to do, and some thought of may spend eternity. the more we are to come together and dwell together. One, as a body. I believe souls are in the scales of heaven and hell. And I, I believe that if the organism of reaching souls, there are going to be people that we know that won't make it to the kingdom of God. Many, many of you know we tried to to make some changes in our Sunday school and our hours of service because we were in hopes that it would have operation that likes to sleep in. It really didn't do anything. Said they have to love me more than they love themselves. They have to love me more than they love their flesh. They have to love me more than they love their sleep. They have to love me more than they love their spouse. So we will... I haven't even told my team. I haven't told the church leadership or anybody till now. They're probably going to be a little angry. They did just find it out now. But I feel like the Lord is leading me to move in a different direction. And we did everything we could to reach souls in a different direction in a different way and that didn't work so we're going to go back to what we know works if you turn with me and I thank you all for coming thank those I, I, I'm assuming there's people online what'd she say I'm on it keeps muting all right, let's try a little different location. Yeah. On now? Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to keep this one here. <laughs> Just in case. Yes, ma'am. I love my sound booth. Thank God for the sound booth. Amen. Um, you know, more than anything, I love the Lord. I'm truly grateful for the Lord. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the Lord. I, I don't. I'm grateful that he is slow to anger, 
grateful that he is forgiving and he is merciful. I'm thankful that he answers prayers. I'm thankful that he is a healer. I'm thankful that he can fight my battles for me. Amen. There's nothing too hard for my God. My God is able to heal this baby's body and take that tumor off her spine. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. My God is able to heal cancer in Jesus' name. My God is able to raise my brother up out of his wheelchair in Jesus' name. My God is able to deal with mental, uh, uh, mental illness in Jesus' name. My God is able to deliver and be, he is a way maker. There's no one like my God. There's no one that can love me like my God. I'm so grateful today. I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord today. I'm grateful to be able to call on the name of Jesus. I'm grateful to have a mind right now that knows him, that loves him, that knows where he brought me from. I'm grateful for the heritage that's been left me from our bishop and my, and my mother. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that the church didn't quit praying for me when I wasn't in the church. That's why we have Monday night prayer meetings. Because we're seeking God to touch our children and to touch the prodigals, to touch the community, to, to touch the body, to, to heal. And that's getting ready to change. We're going to do a little more focused prayer. Someone, whichever one's on the list to lead that day, will call out every 15 minutes a, a, a specific area that the church is going to be praying for that day. Every 15 minutes, they'll call out. So you'll need to listen because we're not going to use mics. We're going to use outside voices. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to see signs and wonders and we're going to see miracles happening. Not for the edification of, of us, but for the edification of Christ Jesus. Amen. Because he is that healer. He is that way maker. It's not, it's not me that brings healing. It's not you that brings healing. It's Jesus that brings healing. Hey, yeah. Taking my scripture out of 1 Samuel 17, 1 through 4. Very familiar chapter to anybody that wants to talk about faith and now the philistines gathered their armies together to battle and gathered at Socah, which belongs to judah they encamped between Socah and azekah and ephes damon and Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. 
And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, though whose height was six cubits and a span. Like you to just bow your heads as we pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am so grateful to you, God. I'm thankful for your word. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost on me, God, to minister to your people. God, that where you are where you are taking me to give your people, God, the word of God, to be encouraged, oh God, to, to see what God, what you're going to do in their lives and what you're going to do for the church, Lord God. I pray God use me today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen, and you may be seated. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart. Constantly, we're going to be as children of God. We're going to be dealing with giants. And that is my title, dealing with the giants in our lives. You see, we tend to face giants with a feeling of futility. Goliath had a bronze helmet on his head and was dressed in armor, 125 pounds of it. In First Samuel 17, 5 through 10, I'm reading it in, a message, in the Message Bible. It says Goliath had... Uh, he, he wore bronze shin guards and carried a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence rail. Uh, the spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds. His shield bearer walked ahead of him. Goliath stood there and called out to the Israelite troops, Why bother using your whole army? I'm not, am I not a Philistine enough for you? Are you are you're all committed, and it should say, are you all, I don't know why this is spelled like that, but committed to Saul, aren't you? So pick your best fighter and pit him against me. If he gets the upper hand and kills me, then the Philistines will all become your slaves. But if I get the upper hand and kill him, you'll all become our slaves and serve us. I challenge the troops of Israel this day. Give me a man. And let us fight it out together. You see, the devil will cry out to you. He will begin to wear you down if you keep, if you listen to the devil's voice. Amen. I'm coming to tell somebody the devil has been trying to threaten us. Amen. He's been trying to wear us down to not be prayer warriors. He's trying to wear us down that the prodigals are not going to come back. He's trying to tell us the sickness in my body is just going to not be healed. But I've come to tell somebody today, I serve a God that is almighty and all-powerful. He is a healer, and He is going to move and intervene. He is going to be a healer. He is going to be a deliverer. He is a way maker. We get looking at the weight. We get looking at how much that, that armor weighed. We look at the spear. Just the spearhead itself was 15 pounds. So I can't imagine what the, 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 uh, the shaft was that went into the spear, the added weight to the, just the head of that spear. But I'm talking to you about weight, things that weigh a lot in our lives. Sickness can weigh a lot. Amen. Unanswered prayers weigh a lot. Unsafe children weigh a lot. Uh, things that, that, that are, are trying to distract what God wants to do and how God wants to use us. This Goliath was a big guy. He was, if my figures were correct, nine feet tall. 
So nine feet tall, I can't imagine the weight that he was to be able to, you know, when you're nine feet tall, he wasn't no fence rail. He probably had arms like, I don't know, what's the man, uh, the, no, the one that, I like the guy that, that plays in, um, he shaves his head, he's the, the dark-skinned guy, and he just did a, a movie with Speed or something like that. The Rock. Thank you. Someone else may have said that. I just didn't catch it. Thank you. Yeah, the Rock. So he's, if I, ha, if I had an earthly hero besides my father, it would be The Rock. Because I like, I like The Rock, right? I just like he, he keeps himself in shape and everything else. But can you imagine, when you look, at the, you look at him, I'm using him right now just as an example for you so you can picture what I'm talking about. Rock is, the Rock is not no nine feet tall. He's probably six foot, looks about six foot, maybe six one, six two. But now we're talking another three more feet added to the six inches. So you can imagine what the Rock looks like and now what Goliath looks like. Goliath is standing three more feet taller than the Rock. He's got to have arms three times bigger than what the rock was. He's got to have calves and legs bigger than what they were. He's got to have a torso that was wider than what the rock is. And he is walking around and he is defying God's army. That is exactly how God, the devil acts. He puffs himself up. He looks bigger than our problems. And we allow him to intimidate us. We allow him to distract us because we see the image, but we don't see who's able to destroy the image. We need to see our God who is mighty and powerful, who is able to destroy everything that Satan raises up. Amen. Because my God, my God is awesome. My God is all powerful. He is mighty. He is pulling down strongholds if we allow him. He was the tallest guy in Israel. Israel's army was King Saul. And King Saul was not very tall, but he was, he was a tall man. And, and even he was afraid to go up against Goliath. And they felt that they had no hope, you see, to fight him. It was futile for them. They, they, could not, uh, they did not feel like they had anybody to really represent them to stand against Goliath. It was Almighty God that was there to stand behind them. I, 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 I even come against myself sometimes, my way of thinking. I forget about the power my God has. I forget about the strength that he has. I forget about that just at the sound of his name that demons tremble that Satan trembles at the name of Jesus. That's the word of God. I forget about my God being able to walk on waters. I forget about my God raising Lazarus three days later after he'd been sitting in a grave, stinking, nasty, no more fluids flowing through his body, but yet called him out of that grave. I forget sometimes about the, the God that was able to come down into my street and take me up out of the miry clay and cleanse me up and renew my mind and change the way I act and change the way I talk and change the way I look. All of a sudden, Satan comes on the scene and I get all frantic and I get 
fearful and I begin to shake when he begins to try to take something from me. And all I've got to do is stop and say, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is all powerful, who is almighty, who actually cast you out of heaven. You ugly thing, you. I stand on the promises of God. I walk in the liberty of God. I walk in his anointing. We forget you don't need to have a license to be a preacher or a teacher to have the authority to cast Satan back to where he belongs, to rebuke him and tell him to get out of your home, to tell him he has no, no authority over your home, to tell him he has no authority over your body, he has no authority over your mind. That little giant, and not, he's not no giant. You see, David... David knew who that giant was. He didn't look like no big uh, 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 enemy to him. He had already taken the lion out. He had already taken the bear out. This was no different. Sometimes we've got to go back and begin to look at some things that God already took care of for us. we got to realize there's some victories we got to pull from to get the next victory. Amen. We've got to realize that sometimes I just got to take a, a, a casual walk back in the memory lane and, and begin to go, God, I thank, you for, I thank you for healing my mama. I thank you for healing my daddy. I thank you for healing my wife. I, I thank you for raising me up, Lord God, and healing my body. Lord, I thank you for touching my mind. I, God, I thank you for make, helping me have the finances to pay that bill. God, I thank you for telling that doctor he thought I had a heart problem, but I didn't have a heart problem. God, I thank you for stepping into that situation. God, I just want to tell you, I thank you for my children that are in the house of God. Without seeing them in the house of God. The devil thinks he's got my children. He don't have my children. Slow. Thank you. Thank you. He don't have my children. The devil don't have my children. I dedicated them to God a long time. I pray over them every day. I ask God to deliver them from the snare of Satan. I don't have time for Satan to have them anymore. I tell them, Satan, you don't have my children. You don't own my children. My, ch my children might be deceived a little bit right now, but they're a child of God. They belong in the house of God. They belong in the ministry. They're going to be in the ministry. They're going to be in the house of God. They're going to be a doorkeeper. They're going to be sound operators. They're going to be Sunday school teachers. Well, the hardest thing for anybody to do, and I know my, our bishop had to deal with it, with having a son that wasn't serving God and living in the riotous life and having to preach and teach Bible studies and tell you Jesus is going to save, Jesus is going to deliver your children, Jesus is going to do this, yet his son was lost. Had no desire to serve God, had no desire to even talk about Jesus, could not stand going to the house because they didn't want to talk about anything but Jesus. <laughs> How many of you know that when darkness comes in and light starts shining, they don't want, the darkness doesn't want light? Don't want it to be exposed. That's exactly right. You want to be in a place where you feel comfortable. Huh? You don't want to be in a place where all of a sudden your, true, your trueness is showing. Because when the light is out, the Holy Ghost is here. You can see everything spiritually. 
You may not see it naturally, but you can sense it spiritually. You know when there's a demonic spirit in your presence. You know when there's someone that... Huh? Hear me. So I have to go back. I, I, I go back. I say, God, I, I know that we brought the kids. They were raised in the house of God. Or I have to go back and say, God, they were here this time. So I know since they were here this time, there was a seed sown in them. And that, God, i got to believe that right now you're watering that seed. That you're doing a work in that seed that was watered and given to them. Whether they've been here once, twice, or three times, there was a seed that was planted in their lives. I've got to begin to say, God, my children are not going to be lost. My children are going to be saved. I've got that devil, you don't have them. They don't belong to you. And then when the day comes, there will be a day coming. They will enter into the kingdom of God. They will not be tossed into the pits of hell. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Nobody is exempt from Goliath in their lives. It may be a physical Goliath. It might be a family Goliath. It, it might be a medical Goliath. It, it might be financial. It, it, it could be a myriad, a myriad of things, you know, all kinds of things that have a face of a giant. Uh, the question I have for us today is, is how, will you, how will you face them? How will this turn out? How will you turn the table? Will you run and hide or will you stand and seek the face of God? Stand before the giant and begin to call out the name of Jesus. Defy the giant. Say, defy. I defy the giant, Lord God. You're more powerful than the giant. You're the one that made the giant, Lord God. You're able to defeat that giant, Lord God. I rebuke that giant. We will all face giants at times in our lives and in this, in this walk with God. The Matthew 5.45 says, The rain falls on the just and the unjust. What are your giants this morning? How have you faced them before? This morning I want to challenge or encourage you to consider a different approach. Many times giants in our lives cause us to have unrealistic fears. Sometimes unrealistic fears are, and I'll be transparent with you. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I have a ton of faith. But there are times that the devil goes, God ain't going to heal her when, I, when you pray for her. So I have to get to the place where I do not listen to the voices. I have to get to the place that I am doing what God has called me to do. Amen. Whether I've got a license or I don't have a license, I'm a child of the king. Amen. It don't matter whether I got a license in this organization or another organization or this organization takes my license. Whatever it is, I need to do the will of the Lord. Sometimes I've got to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Sometimes I've got to say, I rebuke you what you just said in my head. Because I serve a God that raised Lazarus. I serve the God that, that healed uh, 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 the woman with the issue of blood. I serve a God that's able to take withered hands and then be withered again. I, I've seen God open up deaf ears. I've seen him heal blinded eyes. My God is able. But the devil will say, oh, and you know, 
I'll tell you, I walked into the hospital. I was called by a police officer to go pray for his mother. They didn't prepare me for what I was walking into, but God had given me the word, uh, given me a, a word that he was trying to give me faith. He was building my faith because I didn't know what I was walking into. He thought, you know, he brought Lazarus to my mind. I'm going, I don't know why I'm bringing Lazarus to my mind. Because in my mind, I'm walking by faith, right? At this moment, I'm, I'm like, wait, I've got, right? Kind of, I'm going to be real. I said, I got this. I can go and I'm going by faith. Amen. And as long as I go by faith, there's nothing that can stop it. Yeah. So I walked in and when I walk in, this, this lady is on a breathing machine. Her legs from her le kneecaps down were completely purple. I couldn't go in there without a mask, a full outfit, booties, everything. And they said, don't touch anything. And when you come out, First wash, disrobe, wash again. That will distract you. The giant that I was looking at and the giant that was before me, I, I, I was like, and immediately God said, remember what I told you in the car. Remember what I told you in the car. So I put my booties on, I put my outfit on, I put my mask on, had the head cap on, and I go in there and I said, I forget her name, I, I said, I've come to tell you that God has come to heal you. No life, nothing, no movements. But when I laid my hand on her and I began to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that lady coughed with that breathing tube inside her body. She said, <coughs> I said, God, you're a healer. This body might not look like it's alive, but I've come to speak life today. Whatever you will to do, Lord God, I'm walking by faith. I pray, be thou healed in Jesus' name. I turned around. I walked out. I washed my hands. I took my clothes off, put them in the hamper, took my head off, my booties off. And the lady said, are you sure you washed up? I said, I sure did. And I said, I'm walking out of here by faith. I said, I believe in healing. And I said, whatever she might have, God's already covered me. I don't believe anything that I can put on that will keep me, but God will keep me. Not ignorant, but I'm just saying, God's got me. He sent me there for a reason, right? And so I, I but, but if I had allowed, if I would have walked in that room when I went to pray, they wanted me to pray last rites, and that's what they asked me to pray, and I don't pray last rites. I either pray, Lord, take them or heal them. And I choose to live my life. So I pray, God, heal them. My job's not to determine whether they can be healed or not be healed. It's not my job to determine whether they're worthy of healing. It's not my job to determine whether they're saved or not saved. My job is to do what God sent me to do. Amen. So he prepared me when I walked in. I'm going to tell you what, I will not lie. Immediately it was like, I looked and I went, hmm. God said, remember what I told you in the car? And I went, okay, we got this. And I went in, boldly prayed life. And I'm, I don't know, I called, her, I called her son just to check on her. And she lived like two months longer than what, that, that, was, that was supposed to be her like last rites. She came off the breathing tube. Hear me, she died of something else. She didn't even die of what she was in there for. I'm telling you that you've got to, you can't look at the giant's face. If I'd have looked at the face, I'd have been like, well, let me just stand here because pretty much senseless and useless for me to go in there because that giant looked big 
As soon as I saw the purple feet, I was pretty much knowing that was dead limbs. There's no blood flow, or else it's just coagulated there and not going nowhere else. Something not right. When I saw my neighbor laying at the top of his stairs, from here up was all purple. Dealing with the giants. You've got to look at the face and rebuke the face because there's all different kinds of faces that you'll be looking at every day, day in and day out. Every morning there is a face that's going to try to rise up to try to distract you as being a child of God. There's a face that's going to try to detour you from being what you need to be in the kingdom of God. Let me tell you, you are something to be reckoned with. You are powerful with the name of Jesus, with the Holy Ghost in you. You have the ability to be life changers. You have the ability to be healers as long as you don't let it go to your mind. Right, but you have the ability to walk around with healing in your name, in your mouth, through the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be thou healed. In the name of Jesus, be thou healed. You have the ability, if you walk by faith, you know the Word of God, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to operate in it. We need to operate in it. We need to be just like it was when, the day, when, the, when Goliath came up. He was angry that he defiled the name of God. Well, death defiles the name of God, as far as I'm concerned, because God is life. God makes a decision whether the person lives or dies. My job is to pray life. That's my job. That's your job. That's your calling. You're to be a life giver. Whether they're alive or dead, you're supposed to be the one that shares life. You're the one. That's what the Holy Ghost is all about. It's life. It's, it's true life. It's, it brings liberty. It brings redemption. It brings freedom. It brings healing. It brings... Woo! It brings... It brings peace. That when death does knock on the door, though you be sad, there's still peace. Nobody understands that. Nobody understands that. Especially if they're saved. I'm just going to tell you, man, if they're saved, it's a time of rejoicing. I'm going to miss the person, but it's a time of rejoicing. The Bible says there's no more tears, no more sorrows, no more pain, no more hurt, no more doctor visits. No more, no more pounding the street to make a living. I know it don't sound pretty to you, but what I'm telling you is some, you know, when it's time for them to go home, we've got to, well, never mind, I won't even go there. We've got to have a mind made up. Got to have a mind made up that I'm not letting a giant defeat me. Because the, the, the giant has all kinds of different faces. He's got a pretty face. If you're someone that's kind of not where you need to be, husband, as a husband, she got a pretty face. Wives, he got a handsome face. Husband not looking all that pretty right now and all handsome, right? Satan bring up all kinds of things. Why? Because if he can disrupt a marriage, that's a sanctified. That's something sanctified. That's something that God created. He designed marriage for a purpose 
so that man would have a helpmate and have a lover, someone that could love him and he could love her back and it could help him. Amen? Because we can't do everything. I know we think we can. I need my wife. I'm just going to tell you, I need my wife. We all have our ups and downs with wives and husbands, but the bottom line is we need one another. Amen? I need her. She might have her quirks and her ways, and I might have mine, and she might even have to take a deep breath. Again. Right? Sometimes you just, but, but hear me. Hear me. She's the best thing besides Christ in my life. Amen. I don't want to have to look for another wife. I don't want to have to go through another. Uh-uh. I, 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 we, we have made it this far, and we have been good. Amen. We've been unified. We know, our, we know the ins and the outs, the goods, the bads, and the uglies. Amen. And we know how to operate. We know how to get along with each other. What's that? Yeah, amen. Amen. She, she's an awesome preacher, too. Uh, but anyway, and teacher. Uh, but, but the bottom line is, we, we need to understand that there are all kind of enemies that try to come in the giant's face. He tried, he tried to put in my head, my children are not going to be saved. I got news for him. I told him, you're a liar. You're a liar from the pits of hell. My children are going to be saved. My, my grands are going to be up here singing in Jesus' name. My grands are going to be working sound booth. My grands are going to be working the front door. My grands are going to be teaching Bible study. My grands, that's if the Lord don't come back before they get to that right age. But the bottom line is my grands are going to be saved. I'm trying, Teresa. And I'm going to tell you right now, some of us that have children are not saved are going to be saved. I'm going to speak to your giants right now. God's going to save them in Jesus' name. It may not look like it. I'm going to tell you the sons and your daughters are going to be saved. Your sons and your daughter-in-law is going to be saved. Your children and your husband is going to be saved in Jesus' name. We got to get to a place that we believe that in Jesus' name. I walk by faith. I can't. I can't. I cannot paint the picture, but I know one that does paint the picture. I, I watch him paint the skies every evening when the sun's going down between the the clouds and the the beautiful rays in the sky. I just tell him, man, God, you're the most amazing artist I've ever seen in my life. You you paint the beautiful colors in the sky. God, I thank you for the green trees that will soon be brown, which I do not like. But the bottom line is, I I have to say. I like what you're doing. But look at the giant and tell the giant he cannot have his way. He don't win. He does not win. If you go to the very end of the Bible, you know, if you know anything about the end of the Bible, we win. If you stay in the, whole, if you stay in the house of God, you win. You make it into the kingdom of God. If you stay saved, you make it into the kingdom of God. If you stay right with God, you make it into the kingdom of God. And I want to make it into the kingdom of God, and I want you to make it into the kingdom of God. The Israelites to a man fell back the moment they saw the giant totally frightened them. And that, you can read that in First uh, Samuel 17, 11, 16, and 24. When life is good, we are all good. We're all happy. We all have tremendous faith when life is good. But when things turn sour, it is e so easy to get upset and angry and fearful and depressed and feel that no one cares and that God has given up on us. Fear is uh, unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Fear is deliberate. Yes. I wrote it and I just can't pronounce it for some reason. 
but it de debilitates us. It keeps us from doing and operating. Fear causes us to dream up the worst case scenarios. We have become captured by fear. We can easily give up and just quit. I've watched many a folk give up and quit God. You see, the natural man faces giants with fear. He has no real hope. Remember when, when in, in Ephesians 2.12, the NIV says, Remember when you were separate from God, from Christ, without hope and without God in this world. Listen, when God is not in your life, I do not know how anybody makes it without God in their life. The only reason some make it is because they got family that's saved. You hear what I'm saying? The only reason, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the only reason I'm alive today is because a bishop and senior first lady never quit on God. Because the blessings flowed from them to me and my sister. My sister and I are alive because they, God had favor. This is why people shouldn't quit church. You're the one that carries the favor of God. That's why it's important to be faithful to the house of God. Because when you become delinquent and, and, and you, just like in your bill paying, you can get some debts that build up and you can't pay them. Hear me what I'm saying. When you're in the house of God, serving God, faithful to the house of God, hands raised up in worship. Amen. I know we only got one or two people that run the sanctuary, but I've come to tell you, it's going to be more people running someday in Jesus' name because they're going to know the glory and the joy of God. But let me tell you, the favor of God flows down to them wayward people and children in your home. And your, I believe it even covers my extended family. That's what I believe. I should have been dead many a time. She should have been thrown out of a car. I should have been thrown out the car. My wife should have been thrown out the car, honestly. When the car flipped at 55 mile an hour and went down into a ravine, we all should be dead. But by the favor, the favor of God upon their lives, their faithfulness to the house of God. Hear me. That wasn't the only time that God spared my life. The time of overdose, God spared my life. I should have died. I, that, there should not be an Alan Reynolds in this world today. Not, not alive. The first one, let me say that. The first one that I know of, me. Right? There should not be an Alan Reynolds. But because of the favor of prayer, the favor of faithful to the house of God, God said, oh, wait, wait a minute. Let me pull him up out of that death trap right now. No death can touch him right now. Hear me. It's almost like Job. Job was at a place where his whole family was touched by death, but he never gave up on God. They never gave up on God when we were in the, the pits of hell, living for Satan like we were. They kept coming to the house of God, kept preaching the word of God, kept teaching Bible studies. And that favor just kept coming down, kept coming down till God got me to a place that he could deal with what I, my mess. And I could realize well, he, he really could have dealt with my mess all during that time. But I needed to know I needed him. The problem was I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have no mind to want him. I didn't have a mind. My, he could have stepped into my mess at any point. He could have said, son, you're overdosing today. Let me just give you the Holy Ghost. I said, Lord, let me not die and I'll serve you. Lie. That was a lie. I said, Lord, just don't let me die. 
Lord, don't let me die. I don't believe he answered my prayer. Here's what I believe. I believe he was still bringing favor. And when he realized that I had enough, enough mind, enough sense to say, God, don't let me die. He probably was like, I've been waiting for you to say that. But I know you're not ready. I know you're not ready. He already knew that I would go right back to the mess. He knew that I, the prodigal would walk right back out into the pig pen again. He knew that the prodigal was going to go do the same thing that he was doing in the very last time. Right? He knew what this prodigal was doing. But then he came, he kept coming back and visiting, and he kept making sure when, when, everything, when everything was taken from me. When everything was taken from me, when I had nothing to hold on to, I had no family, no wife, no, no, no job. I was like, I was just like the prodigal. Man, folk got jobs. I, there's jobs that are not, problem, not a problem around here. I, I had quit seven times, got a job seven times, went back seven times. Don't nobody do that. How could I be fired? Right? God started dealing with me. And we don't have enough time for me to go through the scenarios of how it all led back to the company that I quit seven times. Hired back seven times. Call me back. That's because of the favor of God that was passed down. And God just kept pounding favor. Finally, I began to I realize, Lord, I, I can't do this on my own. I've been failing all around. I'm a poor parent. I'm a poor husband. I'm a poor this. I'm a poor... I can't even keep a job now. Then I started calling on God. Sometimes you have to realize those giants are not really the giants that's the problem. It's sometimes in my faith. My faith says that giant got to go. The drugs were giants in my life. They were helping numb the things from being raped and molested. You see, hear me, hear me. The monster was I was I was raped at age ten, and so the monster just kept rearing its ugly face, so it kept me in a place to deal with the hurt and the pain so I didn't have to really talk about it and I could bury it and, and numb it and all that. I'd just do drugs and drink and, and live a riotous life just like the prodigal son did. You see, hear me, that giant was so big to me that I couldn't overcome it. But when the Holy Ghost came in, he began to, he began to remove everything out of my life so that I could be who he wanted me to be. I'm coming to tell you that God is able. With God's help, we can see the giants for what they really are and uh, an attack by faith. We need to attack them by faith. As David was talking with some of Saul's soldiers, Goliath came forward and challenged the Israelites as he had do done before. In 1 Samuel, in the Amplified, it says this, 17, 23 through 37, as he was talking with them, behold, the, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines and he spoke these wor same words again, and David heard him. When the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were very frightened. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man who is coming? That's what happens. We say, have you seen this giant? Have you seen what's yes. coming? Yes. 
You, you heard what the doctor said. Yes. You, you, you heard what the bill collector said. Yes. You, you heard what the lawyer said about and my, uh, uh, my divorce lawyer. You heard yes. all this. You heard what my wife said about me. You heard yes. what my children said. You heard how the children denied Christ. You heard how they said, we'll not be serving God. Surely he is coming up to defy Israel. The king will reward the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter in marriage and make his father's house family free from taxes and service in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were there, who were standing by him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace of his taunting from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God? Let me tell you something. You're an army of a living God. Your God's not dead. Your God is still alive. He's still on the throne. Amen. He's still all powerful. He's still almighty. He is waiting for us to be the army of his. Amen. And to stand up and defy the enemy of Satan. Defy Satan and tell him, not today. The men told him that it, will, it that is what will be done for men who kills him. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, uh, heard what he said to the, to the men of Eli, Eliab's anger. Uh, the men. And Eli, Eli, Eliab, Eliab's anger burned against David. And he said, why have you come down here, you runt, you small nobody? With whom did you leave those those few sheep within the wilderness. I know your presumptuous overconfidence and the evil of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. But David said, what have I done now? Was it not just a harmless question? Why are you so angry that I'm here? I'm smaller than you. You shouldn't be worried about nothing. You're not even out in the field taking care of the sheep. You got all the good stuff. You get to work around the house. You don't have to go out in the field and stay out there. Then David turned away from Eliab to someone else and asked the same question. And the people gave him the same answer as the first time. <clears throat> Verse 31 said, And when the words that David spoke were heard, the men reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no man, let no man's courage fail because of him. Goliath, your servant, will go out and fight with the Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you are not able. How many times the devil told you you're not able? And we listened. He said, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are only a young man, and he has been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went after, out after it and, I, and attacked it and rescued the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose up against me, I seized it by its whiskers and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God. Let me tell you something. When the devil starts coming into your home and defying you and who you are, you need to stand up and say, you defy the, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. You are defying my God. You don't have no right in this house. I defy you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. 
He said, I, I, I took care of, uh, David said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and paw of the bear, uh, he will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and, and may the Lord be with you. I, I, I would feel sorry for a man that would not be willing to go with somebody. Saul was a warrior, but he wouldn't go with David. He could have walked with David. But David had already been walking with a man, or not a man, but with God, out in the field. He had already knew the power of his God. He already knew the strength of his God. Amen. And we need to understand, we need to walk with one another in, through every, every storm. Amen. When the storms come, we need to be connecting to each other. I got a storm going on in my life, and I need you to pray with me. I need you to fast with me. You know, we haven't talked about fasting in a while, but you know, we should have a personal fast day. I'm telling you, we need to have a personal fast day. Shouldn't have to have a pastor say it's a corporate fast. If you want to go, go deeper in Jesus and to have a greater connection to the Lord through the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, you've got to fast because you've got to get rid of some things that this flesh wants. Amen. I, I'm talking to myself, right? I've got to give up Coke. I've got to give up some things if I really want to hear the voice of God. I've got to be willing to say, not today. Not today. Today, me and the Lord are going to fellowship today. We're going to celebrate some things. We're going to rejoice in some things. We're going to pray through some things. We're going to win some battles. We're going to put some battles up before him. We're going to, do, we're going to, we're going to work some things out, God. We're going to do this together. Amen. I can't fight by myself. I, 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 I have not ever tried to go up against the devil by myself. You can't win. But with Jesus, you can win. With Jesus, all things are possible. The reality of fear in 1 Samuel 42 through 47. When the Philistines looked around and they saw David, he dried, he deride and dis, despaired, disparaged him because he was just a young man. Which means he was saying, look at this runt you got coming out here. All you men over there in Israel and you send this little boy out here to fight me. Right? He said, uh, because he was just a young man with a ruddy complexion and a handsome appearance. And the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with a shepherd's staff? And the Philistine cursed David and his gods. Well, that was the worst thing you could do for a man of God. When you start cursing, the man, cursing God, the Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give you your, your flesh to the, I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I will strike you down and cut your head off. And I will give you the corpse of the army of the Philistines. I will give the corpse of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and to the wild beasts of the earth so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that this entire assembly may know that the Lord does not save with the sword or with the spear for the, for the battle is the Lord's and he will hand you over to us. I wish I had some apostolic Holy Ghost filled people that understand it don't take weaponry. It takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the prayer. It takes faith to stand up and say, as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. 
I dare you to come up before my God. I dare you to think you've got my children. I dare you to think that you're destroying this community. I dare you to think that you're bringing a sickness on my body. I dare you to believe and to think that you're going to affect this community. I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to be what I need to be to the kingdom of God. You're not going to give, taint my God's name. You're not going to make him look like some little weak need, little sissy. Because my God is bigger than any situation, any problem. My God is able to even fix wars and rumors of wars. My God is ready. He is able to do anything. Anything. There's a song that says, if you can use anything, you can use me. Sometimes you just got to get past yourself and say, God, I may not have all the talents that everybody else got, but God, if you can just use me, use me. We got to get past pride. pride. Pride is one of the worst things to get over. I mean, dear God, I, I, I'm not an eloquent preacher. I, I probably would, if you were to grade me, I'd fail. But the bottom line is I'm preaching God's word. I want, I want God to be saved. I want people to be saved. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know Jesus as a healer. I want people to know Jesus as a deliverer. I want you to know that the devil has no rule over your home. I want you to know he has no power over you. The only power that he has over you is if you let him. And it's easy to let him. It's easy to let him. It's easy because you can get, you get to the place where you feel like, well, I'm not going to pray today. I'll, just, I'll, I'll take today off and I'll pray tomorrow. Tomorrow come and then you don't pray tomorrow because you got up, you got a headache. The next day you go, well, I'll pray tomorrow, I'll pray the next day. Within the next day comes, you got up real late, and you got to get your day started. So you didn't get to pray again. It just, it just snowballs on you. It just keeps getting worse because the less you pray, the less connection you have to Christ, you know, to the Lord. And, and let me tell you something. In the flesh, there is sin that rises up all over the place. You'll turn the TV on. I can't watch TV anymore. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not preaching against TV but everything in the TV now is promoting this world's agenda. It's just promoting this world's agenda. It's pro pr promoting, promoting the agenda of the world. Never once did you ever see what you see in TV now. I don't, I'm hoping I don't have to get too real here, but the bottom line is there was never no cussing in the movies. You know, back in the day, the old westerns, you... They had cigarettes in their mouth and they drank whiskey, right? That was pretty bad because that would entice people to smoke and drink. Right? But we didn't view it like that when you didn't have a TV. I was raised without a TV, so I was always in neighbors' homes looking at TV. <laughs> right? And so I didn't get the drift of the, you know, the smoking and the drinking, right? I didn't get that. Not, not in that, you know, in the sense. But now... If you look at the stuff that's on television now, now they're trying to desensitize me. They're trying to desensitize. Let me tell you something. Anytime that you feel that you can come into ministry, yeah, I'm running long, but let me tell you something. Anytime you think that ministry should, should uh, allow just anything in the ministry, then we've, we've, we've messed up. Because when sin comes into camp, listen, that is the giant. You can't call yourself apostolic and have Jill being Joe. 
in the pulpit. You can't have Jill being Joe in Sunday school teaching. Can I be real? I'm just being real. They got to make a decision that I'm not going to be Joe. I'm going back to being Jill. I'm sorry. And then we may get censored. We may get knocked down. We may get locked down. But the bottom line is, it's truth. Nobody wants real truth anymore. They don't want the real word of God being preached in the church. They want to be able to come to church and just do whatever they want to do and hear the word and check it off. I was in church today. Don't nobody want to be told that smoking is wrong, that it's that you're, you're defiling the temple of God. Don't nobody want to be told drinking is defiling the temple of God. Nobody wants to be told your filthy mouth defies and defiles the temple of God. Nobody wants to be told that you can't have outside marital that it's okay. They want to live the way they want to live. They got preachers in pulpits that living lifestyles and people sit up under ministers that shacking up and doing stuff with secretaries and buying million dollars worth of jewelry. If y'all buy a million dollar jewelry, y'all better be checking something. That would have been my first, that would have been my first Right, if you see me decorating up this body, you know what I'm doing? I'm edifying myself. But they flock because they're allowed to do what they want to do. He don't preach nothing but live good, act good, just keep your funds coming in. He don't tell you you can't be in ministry because you haven't lined up. Oh, that got quiet. When you're in ministry, it's a, it's a higher calling. Amen. I'm held to a higher standard. I got a board that watches over me. I got a bishop watches over me. And I got a wife that watches over me. Amen. Right? I've got checks and balances in my life to make sure that I'm not living a life that's not right. Because the very first day that this old boy gets out of line, he's got to go. I'm just telling you because you don't need no hireling up in here that's just going to preach what you want to hear. I'm going to close. I know I've run late, but I just love David's faith, don't you? Because his total trust was in God. I, I, I'm not afraid of you, giant. God is on my side. I'm not afraid of you, Satan. God is on my side. I'm not afraid of you, sickness. God is on my side. I'm not afraid of you, financial crisis, because God is on my side. I'm not afraid of you, family crisis, because God is on my side. And I'm not going to lose sleep over it because you're going to take care of it in Jesus' name. Listen, sometimes you got to speak out faith. In 1748 and 49, when the Philistines rose and came forward to meet David, David ran quickly towards him. Uh, he didn't run away from the battle. He ran to the battle. He ran up into the, the giant's face and he said, Ah, I've come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I wish I had somebody that understood. You need to run to the devil's face with your slingshot and your five little stones out of the brook. You need to be looking at him and saying, I'm going to take you down, Satan. By the name of Jesus, I'm going to lay you out. You don't, you don't, uh, you, you don't intimidate me anymore. Talk to him. You can't. I watch people, you know, people that are quiet. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, quiet people are going to have a difficult time defeating Satan. I'm not saying you need to be loud all the time. But when you're praying, you need to be loud. 
When you're rebuking Satan, you need to be loud. You need to have a confidence when you say, Satan, get thee behind me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. There's a difference. There's a difference. Because when you say, Satan, you're defeated. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. He looks at you. He's like, is that all you got? And then he rears his ugly head and you go, right? But when you get yourself together, you step up to that giant, square off with your shoulders just like you did when you were back in school, elementary school. Some of you fought. I know some of you fought. You weren't afraid to fight in school. But you need to walk up to that giant in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I rebuke your stinking self. You've got to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't have no room in this house. You're not allowed in this house. Matter of fact, let me get the oil. I anoint the head post and the side post. I anoint my bedroom. I anoint my home. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not allowed in here. Speak out. If David would have said, Well, Goliath, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And I'm going to take you out and I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. He probably would have put his spear and shield down and just walked over to him and kicked him. But David didn't go down there with no milly mouth. He wasn't milly mouth. He wasn't, he wasn't, even, he wasn't even talking in a soft voice. He, was, he might have been a little Rudy boy, young man, but he came as a man because he knew the God that he served. I want you to know, women and men, you need to come to, against Satan and his ways like an adult in Jesus' name. You need to understand that that devil means nothing but harm and Jesus means nothing but help. And you need to speak the name of Jesus against every attack that comes into the house or into your home or on the job. I found myself every time I, my, my, my manager would take my accounts. I was uneducated. God was blessing me, and I'd go counts up to a half a million dollars, and my, my boss would come take it. He'd say, I, I, I'm taking that one from you. And I couldn't do nothing because when you're, you're not educated, don't have any high school education, I didn't finish school until 05. I think it was 05. I went back to school and went a year and a half and got my, my uh, um, no, I, I could have got a GED, but I went ahead and did the diploma because I felt like the young people I was leading, I wanted to show them I was not a quitter Amen. and that it was important to go back to school. So anyway, to make a long story short, I couldn't do anything. You can't come against management. And let me say this, at least if you're smart, you don't because you're not going to have a job very long. Unless it's wrong, right? And taking my job, taking my accounts is wrong, but it wasn't a physical, I'm talking about physical or, you know, some kind of abuse, but and that was abuse too when they took my money. But anyway, the bottom line is, um, I knew that I would not win. So I just, he said, here's a list, go find some more. Oh, okay. Thank you, right? I was grateful to have a job. I went through the list and started praying, and I started taking out people and writing them down and went out and started building them. A year later, I had two more accounts that were half a million dollar accounts. He came in, he said, I'm taking them from you. Guy comes into the uh, carrier, 
I had dealt with him in 84, 85, and 86, and 87, probably for 10 years. He said, I want to know where Alan Reynolds is. Alan Reynolds still work here? They said, yeah. They called me. We set up an appointment. I came back, met him. My son's taking my company. He said, and you're the only one I want to take care of the business. I said, I'd be glad to, you know, be glad to take care of him. He goes, we've only done $50,000 with you because I don't like nobody. Nobody serves us right. Nobody takes care of us. He said, but I believe you will. I said, well, I'll do my best. We went from 50000 in that one year to a million in one year. My company was like, how did you do that? I said, I didn't. I didn't. I said, that's the blessings of God. They didn't bother to take that one away from me. That replaced two of the ones he took from me. Just one of them replaced two. That's how, let me tell you something. You cannot, you cannot let giants destroy you. I could have quit. I could have went to any other wholesaler. My sales were proving itself with Christ. My, my, God was blessing my sales. I mean, I didn't even talk about equipment anymore. I went and prayed for people. I know that that doesn't sound right, and I do talk about being, being a, a, um, a good steward of, the, of, the, of your time, but I went in, I talked equipment for a few minutes, and I said, well, how's family? I started talking about their family. I need to know how your family is. They were telling me, my children are sick. I said, I'm going to pray for them right now. My wife is not well. I'm going to pray for them right now. I started getting to know the, even all the way back to the broom sweeper in the, in the garage that worked in where receiving, shipping and receiving. I'd go through there. I, I'd talk to everybody. i let them know who my Jehovah Jireh was. i let them know that my king is alive. i let them know. There's a lady that, that connects with us every once in a while. She works at, I won't call out the company because she's online probably, but she works for a company that I used to sell to. She reached out because her one, uh, her brother passed away and then her dad passed away and it was very very um she's come a couple times way back when i was still working for carrier but there was she knew she knew there was something about the church she knew that there was power in the church and let me say this ma'am anytime or you know not man but let me say this church whenever you get to the place that you're okay to come here and there's no move of the holy ghost or you have no move in you something's wrong the devil's going to has already got you and you're about to go out and be sifted you're about ready to be destroyed you need to be listen there is more we can we can achieve more together and being unified seeking the face of god throwing our hands up in the air and magnifying god and lifting up and, and going god's going to heal you in jesus name your back pain is going to be gone in jesus name my brother you're going to come up out of that wheelchair in the name of the lord jesus christ cancer you're going to be healed in jesus name uh, dementia, you're going to be healed in Jesus' name. Broken marriages, you're going to be put back together and renewed and restored in Jesus' name. Tumor on spine is going to be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God's going to do it. We need to speak it out, though. We've got to be like David. David spoke it out. You need to stand firm. Stand with me. The last of that story is, goes, so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and one stone, not all five. He took five, 
I'm not sure why he took five, but there was a reason he took five. But with one stone, he took that giant out. In the name of the Lord. David had no sword. So he ran and stood over the Philistine and grasped his sword. The giant's head was taken off by his enemy. He took the enemy's sword and took that giant's head off. Let me tell you something. You don't have to have the weaponry that Satan has when you've got Jesus on your side. The weaponry that you have is, all, is his name, which is stronger and more powerful than any other weapon you could have. I'm talking that demons tremble. Anytime a demon, anytime you call out Jesus, Satan trembles. Satan is afraid. When we be, sometimes I just walk through the house going, Jesus, in the name of 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 Jesus, I cast out every evil spirit. I rebuke every unclean thing. In Jesus' name, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. This house is your house, God. It'll always be the house of the Lord. When I walk in, I want your name to be proclaimed in this house. Sometimes you just have to claim the name of Jesus. Even when the devil's face is right there before you. Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name telling you dealing with the giants you have all power with Jesus he gives you strength he gives you authority he gives you power my grandson said to me he said what superhero would you like to be he called out America he's he likes uh, Captain America he likes Hulk's the Hulk, uh, he likes Batman, and I was, I was a Batman fan when I was a little boy. And I sat there for a moment, and I knew he wasn't going to really like my hero because it's not his superheroes, not even a, a man-made superhero that he would even know other than by coming to church and being taught Sunday school. I said, well, Wyatt, I said, my hero is Jesus. He said, Dad, or Pop-Pop, he's not a superhero. I said, buddy, he is a superhero to your Pop-Pop. I said, you know why he's my superhero? Because I wouldn't have you in my life if it wasn't for him. He saved me. I said, he saved me. He pulled me out of a, a tomb of darkness. I had to try to figure out how do you break it down to a little five-year-old. I said, you know how we pile pillars on your superheroes and all of a sudden they rise up and pillars blow off. I said, that's the way it was. I was in a pit. I was locked down. I was buried in sin and in drugs and everything. My mind was messed up, Wyatt. And I said, but Jesus, my hero, got down right in my mess, my ugliness, and he picked me up and saved me. I said, that's my superhero. You may not know what he looks like, actually, but what, what we show you in Sunday school. But my superhero 
can look like you. My superhero can look like your mama and your daddy. My superhero, because when Jesus lives inside you, you are actually a superhero. You have power to deflect the enemies. Deflect evil words. You have power to deflect demonic spirits. I know it might look funny and sound funny, but that's, a, that's the same superhero that lives with inside you. They have superpowers like wind. I said, that's what my God has. My God has power. He, his powers are in wind. You don't know where it comes from. I said, my God is powerful. I said, why? When you call on the name of Jesus, he hears you. He, and if I call on Jesus at the same time you call on Jesus, he hears both of us. I said, can your superhero hear both of us when I call him and you call him? I think so. I said, no, buddy. I said, I can assure you they're nothing like my Jesus. My Jesus is a hero. If he did nothing else for me, he's still my hero. If he doesn't touch my body ever again, if he doesn't touch my mind ever again, if he doesn't He's still my hero. Though I have to go in lame. He's still my superhero. You say, well, what are you going in lame with? Some arthritis? Things that the alcohol and the drugs did to my body? Bible says you will reap what you sow. So I, I still have a... I still have the, the, the things that, that I did that affected my body nobody tells you smoking cigarettes destroy your lungs nobody tells you smoking cigarettes to de decay the veins in your body right no one tells you that drinking and, and Norton Coke affects your liver and your kidney they don't tell you it eats out and rots out the whole membrane of your sinus cavity they just want you to buy No, they don't care. Just take. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Right? Just a little bit. One hit. One hit. You've had that brought up to you, right? Just one, man. Take one pill. What's one pill? Just tell one lie. Just one lie. No one will know. My hero will know. My Jesus will know. My Jesus is my hero. He is my defender. He's my restorer. He's my deliverer. He's my conqueror. He helped me to conquer things that I can't conquer in my flesh. He's my giant killer. That's who he is. He's my giant killer. And I want you to know he can be your giant killer today. Maybe you need the Holy Ghost. Maybe you need to bring some things and lay on the altar. But when you lay it on the altar, you can't pick it back up and take it with you. You got you to be willing to leave it here and say, God, I'll leave it here for you. I'm not, I don't, I'm not taking it back to my seat. I'm not taking it back to my home. God, I, wanted, I want these giants defeated in Jesus' name. I, I rebuke them in Jesus' name. When you come, I want you to make a de declaration. When I leave you here, I'm leaving you here. You're in God's hands. 
I leave it here because I'm not taking it back. I'm walking in faith. I'm walking in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm believing in my hero. I'm believing in the one that's going to destroy the giant that's trying to destroy me. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with having a giant that you got to defeat. That just means Satan's after you. But what's wrong is when you keep that giant and he keeps coming back, you keep entertaining him. That's where it's wrong. Time to tell the giant you've got to go. You've got to go. I don't know what that giant is. I don't know if that giant is. I don't know what that giant is to you. That giant can be lying. That giant can be stealing. That giant can be drinking, smoking. Can be pharmaceutical drug addiction. It could be worldly drug addiction. It could be uh, pornography. It could be worshiping money. Maybe it's worshiping money. Maybe you worship something. I don't know what you... It could be idols. Anything that, anything that gets more glory than God becomes an idol. And I want you to know Jesus doesn't want anyone left without his presence or his spirit in them. And I want you to know everyone deserves him. Everyone. He's not a respecter of persons. If that person was to say, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. No matter what my background is, no matter what kind of man I've been, if I truly have come to ask the Lord to forgive me, his eraser, and I have to, I add, forgive me of all my sins. His eraser begins to work. All sins are washed away. Then the next, the Bible says that after you've repented, you need to be baptized so that you're buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with a promise that you shall receive and speak in an unknown language. That infilling is what gives you strength and power. To defeat the enemy and today you can defeat that enemy by coming and giving your life to the Lord by repenting if you haven't been baptized you need to get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ but I will tell you I will tell you this there's never been a day that I've ever regretted giving my life to the Lord my days in the Lord and serving the Lord have been better than the days when I ran the streets. I'm telling you. I thought I would miss out. I thought I was going to lose out. But I got a bunch of beautiful family now that I would have never had. My family ran, my drug family ran out on me the day I was overdosing. Left me. Wouldn't even take me to the hospital and dump me out. I just said, dump me out, man. Just drive by and dump me out and go on. Just get me to the hospital. Nah, man, go on. See you. Left me there. 
So I only had one other person to call on, and that was Jesus. <laughs> but here today, I can assure you, if I need one of you as my brother and my sister, you're going to be there for me. Your family, you get a true family when you come to the Lord. A true family that comes together. They'll cry when you cry. They'll grieve when you grieve. They'll rejoice when you're rejoicing. They'll love you even when you don't. You, you might grump at Adam and they you still come over and say, All right, Lord. <laughs> she says, I'll pick on her. I'm not picking on her. I'll pick on Pia. She, she's now even more family. <laughs> right? But that's the family that, that God brings, has given us. Our Father, we, we might have had biologically different fathers, but our Heavenly Father makes us one through the Holy Ghost. I couldn't ask for a better family. I couldn't ask for a better family. God has blessed me with a family that is it's amazing. I can tell you, I don't want to leave. I enjoy fellowship. I enjoy eating at the house of God with everybody. I enjoy that. We couldn't do that if it hadn't been for Brother McCauley and having a vision and making it happen. We haven't even used it to its fullest extent, but the bottom line is it's, it's, it brings us even closer together. It locks us together where you might not like me right now, but because of the love of Christ, the strands are not broken. I might hurt you because of what I preach. I don't intend to. But the strands are so tight because we're a family. We'll either do one or two things. We say, well, that must have been for me. God help me. Or we'll go, God help him. Help pastor because he just was not on point today. Right? <laughs> but I still love you. <laughs> I still love you. I might not be everything I need to be yet to be in leadership, but I still love you. Right? You still love me. I'm, I, I'm just saying, I need, I need the family. I need God. I need God in my life. And there are giants that come up against us, and we need to give our lives to the Lord because He is going to tear down every stronghold. He's going to tear down every giant that comes into our lives if we allow Him. Sorry. I'm going to open the altar as our worship team sings. Is that my third or fourth? Um, I want you to know if you need a touch from Jesus, we'll pray with you. Come on. If you, you want to feel the love of Jesus? Come on up. God wants to do something today. You need healing? I'm asking you to come because God's a healer in this service. That's a giant in my life. I need him. I need him. I need the Lord. I need the Lord. I need the Lord today. I need the Lord today.
gasoline fumes really bad I want you to know God is a healer in the name of the Lord Jesus her lungs were affected by gasoline fumes father I speak healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I speak healing into these lungs right now in Jesus name dispel what the gasoline fumes have done to these lungs let her be healed in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name let there be divine healing right now in Jesus name in Jesus name supernatural healing supernatural healing right now let it be healed let it all be ex ex exhaled in Jesus name be thou healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for my brother God. Strengthen brother Jose, Lord God. Honor his faithful God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray blessings over this family and his family, Lord, right now. And his children, Lord God. His career, his work, Lord God. I pray blessings over him right now in Jesus' name. Touch his heart, Lord God. Touch his soul in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Touch my baby, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray divine healing over her body right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray for divine healing in my brother right now in Jesus' name. Divine healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray over these young men right now, God. That you keep their hearts and their minds on you, Lord God. That you protect them and camp your angels around them. In the Brother Boa and Sister Boa, God, that you keep your hands upon them. Strengthen them and uplift them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To continue to do your will, Lord God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let it flow, Lord God. Minister to this family, Lord. Strengthen them and uplift them in their work, oh God. In Jesus' name. Pray for Sister Jones, Lord God. I pray for her family right now, God. That you move and intervene in Duan, Lord God. Erica, Lord God. Michael and Jonathan, Lord. Keep them, oh God. Let them not forget, Lord God. I know Jonathan's doing good, Lord. But God, I pray, God, you keep him strong in the word and in the house of God. I pray, God, for strength in my sister, Lord God. I pray you touch her body. Touch her eyes. I pray for divine healing right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, you created these eye sockets. You created these sockets, Lord God. I pray for them to be healed. In Jesus' name. Pray for her husband. I pray for her sister. I pray for her family. God, that you heal her family, Lord God. Touch their lives. Touch their hearts in Jesus' name. Come on. 